Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. And it is time for Counterpoint. Although I think I just had that. <laughs> Stephen LeDrew joins us, Toronto lawyer, broadcaster, also former president of the Liberal Party of Canada. And Laura McDonald, public affairs consultant over with Enterprise Canada, not to be confused with the car rental company. No cars, no. I Let's will talk- not pick you up. You no. rode your bike here? <laughs> <laughs> That's a different debate for oh, me. Okay. <laughs> so a new study uh, from the Fraser Institute confirms uh, what I think a lot of experts had declared. My last guest certainly doesn't agree with those numbers, but that the, the steep minimum wage hike is doing, in fact, more harm than good of lost jobs. I'll let you start with this. Uh, this issue because, you know, the the bottom line is we know that jobs were shed. We know that there was big loss, but this study suggests that 91% making minimum wage apparently are not poor. Yeah, Alex, I think that uh, there's probably a lot of substance to the figures from Fraser Institute. There usually is. I know the researcher who did that report, but uh, it just shows the Liberal government didn't do its research. It didn't well, do its homework when it brought it in. And it was just for really cheap politics. I get it. I get it when you have, you know, a big franchise company, many of them around. You and I know that the owners of those franchises are millionaires. I know lots of them in business. Mm -hmm. And they're paying people $14 an hour and they're working poor. Whether you, you know, and so they're making money off the backs of these people. And I think $14, if you have 100 employees or 150, it should be raised for that. I told some people in the government when this came in, I said, you know, for the big big companies that can afford it, let's do it. But for companies who have two employees and they're a corner store or a small yeah. business starting up, or if you're only in business for two years, it is a killer. Well, and, and that's what happened. And that's what I was trying to say to, to our last guest is that we're not talking about the big franchise. I'm not talking, I'm talking about the flower shop in your neighborhood, the pet store, the mom and pop shops who who can't actually keep up with the costs. And yeah. those are the ones who are no longer hiring in the communities. I think that says a lot about how the government lasted over the last two two years of their mandate. You know, they they made these big announcements, overarching things that didn't actually touch the people that they were meant to help. It ended up hurting in the long run. And and I think that, you know, you look at this policy and it was implemented extraordinarily fast. And I don't I don't think that there was proper consultation with the people and the businesses that it was actually going to affect. What was it? There, there were studies done independently, but that doesn't mean the government did its research. And what they did, they did was a couple of weeks last summer asking businesses, selected few to have their say. But that's exactly. not research. We didn't get yeah. any kind of actual business. Um, sense. And at the time, even yeah. a lot of liberals, Chamber of Commerce and stuff like that. They yeah. were saying this is wrong-headed. I'm just wondering why you said the last two years of this government. This has been one of the worst governments <laughs> being nice. in the province. You know, I mean, for the last four years, they've been making stupid decisions. But, but it was the, the, the decisions that they made in the last year yeah. or so of their government, whether it was with hydro prices and exactly. getting the subsidies uh, to bring down those costs, which is all artificial, and then, you know, the, the minimum wage, which they said they would not do, and then reverse course out of the blue. Two of you are just so generous to yeah. this government. Well, I, you I know just what? can't believe it. I, I look at it and I think that they got exactly what they what they were asking for in this election you know they said they overpromised absolutely everything and you know said I'll give money to absolutely everyone and it, it ended up with the government the government that is in, going to be in power on June 29th is is a government that's going to respect the people of Ontario and the tax dollars and I think that that says a lot about what that government thought about what the people wanted and the people obviously answered and said that's not what we want it says something about politics too 
that the old school of politics where you said go out there and make promises and try and deliver all that kind of stuff, it really should be over because people should be smarter. Somebody comes along and says, you know, elect me and I will give you all these things. You should look very cynically and say, well, really? Yeah, well, really? That, that, I think we're at that point. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Doug Ford, um, you know, from day one has been kind of making his mark. I think it's clear that he's changing the tone. So he's cut the cap and trade. He's on the, you know, on the on the cusp of canceling that. Cuts to the liberal green program. No more freebies on the public dime. I mean, he's telling uh, people to bring their own lunch to work. Um, and today he, he did clarify frontline workers in the public sector are not going to be hurt, whether that's nurses, doctors, police, fire. Those aren't the people that are going to be affected by his hiring freeze. But how important do you think it is for him to set the right tone now? Oh, I think it's critically important, but I also think that he has to really deliver. So he's setting the right tone, I think, Alex, but he also has to uh, deliver on a lot of those things. And he's doing that in a sense. Um, I, I know a number of commentators yesterday were saying, see, we told you so. He's cutting workers. He's cutting workers. And then someone of some common sense said, no, he's not cutting. He's only saying he's a having hiring freeze, which is a difference. And so all the lefties are just you know, running around saying the sky is falling. But he's going to have to be as he was during the campaign, Alex. I think he's going to have to be disciplined. He's going to have to carry through with uh, some of those promises. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him for the uh, cap and trade. A lot of people Big are going time. to say you can't do it. Yeah, look, uh, the nickels and dimes, I think, is the easier part for him. Symbolically, it's easy to say, you know, I, I bought the pizza, I'm flipping the burgers. That That's great, and I do think it sets a good tone. But the big stuff that he has to deliver uh, have to do with a, a guy across the border who's a nut job and, yeah. and yeah. changing his mind well, or every Or the guys everywhere. in the PMO. Gerald Butts was, uh, you know, tweeting last week. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, why is the prime minister's office tweeting? You know, sort of like a Fordism. Yeah. Uh, well, they the, are, but 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 Gerald Butts is also the guy that created the Green Energy Act absolutely. that bankrupted this province. So I don't think he should be tweeting anything. And by the way, he's not voted by the public, so he should just probably keep his head quiet and down in the prime minister's office doing that job. Uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, he has to actually get this right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the good thing is, you know, he's in transition. He's putting together the the team that's going to carry this forward over the next four years and hopefully the next eight years. And so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of this transition and. He has the, the right people making those decisions. And, and you know, I, I think that through the platform that he announced over the course of his campaign, I, there are answers in terms of where where we're going to be spending money and where this government wants to spend money and definitely where this government's going to have to come, cut back. And are you saying this government's going to be spending money that's not already allocated? Are they going to have more spending programs in? You're no, just saying absolutely where this not. But he did, he did announce where, where it is that the money is going to be coming from, where well, the money is going to be going. Well, he's a bit vague on those details. I mean, the bottom line is he, well, he, he has to. Well, he's only been there for we, two weeks or two. Well, he has, so but, but he knows that the, the credit agencies are, are breathing down his neck and, and he knows that we don't have any money because the cupboards are bare. No one has to open those books to know we're in trouble. He yeah. still went out and campaigned on it and promised it. Now he's got to deliver. I'll give you the last point before we get a break. Well, he's just got to deliver. And he, you're right. He's got to, um, he promised a lot of spending. Yeah. He's got to figure out a way to get that money in. I'm happy to have him break taxes. that promise, by the way. Okay. Lots of spending. We don't need lots of spending. We need lots of non-spending. Well, <laughs> we'll put him up to it. Stephen Ledreau and, uh, and Lauren McDonald joining us here, 828 on Counterpoint. And when we come back, should Trudeau condemn America as the NDP would have him do or just stay quiet? We'll talk about that next here. Odd Point, I'm Alex Pearson and this is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got Stephen LeDrew and Lauren McDonald joining us today. Uh, NDP want Trudeau to condemn America and cancel that little Canada-United States safe third country agreement. 
to which I say, <laughs> good luck with that. Um, but I'll start with you on this, Laura. I think the last thing, and uh, Trudeau is being quite quiet on this, but the last thing we need is our prime minister making any kind of comment about an issue in the United States. Yeah, I think this is an incredibly heated issue in the United States right now and justifiably. But, you know, one one of the bigger issues here is the fact that we're having a a very tense relationship with this country uh, that is supposed to be our, our, you know, best friend and ally currently. And so I I think it's really important to make sure that we're I I don't think the government's making the wrong decision staying quiet on this. I I think that uh, going forward. the issues that this government needs to resolve with the United States are are, are very apparent, and, and and focusing in on this right now is is probably not the the number Lauren, one. Lauren, I'm surprised yeah. at you. First of all, <laughs> if the NDP suggests it, you know that they're wrong. Exactly. I mean, so I mean that would mean that uh, Trudeau um, should do it. On the other hand, I'm looking at that and saying, you know what? Quit sucking up to Trump. You know really, what? Quit I, sucking up to Trump, and this is an important issue. And I'm not against the immigration aspect of. Uh, well, of he what's should not be commenting on. on anything immigration, given the last tweet, yeah, uh, what uh, that did with Quebec. I mean, look, uh, you created a mess for us, and because of that, we very well could reap more of the people that are there so now. You don't talk about the immigration policy of another country, but you can talk about the ripping out of children from their parents if you're going I think, to I think it's parents, I think it's better you just have to, children with them well I don't think I don't think we can stand on the moral high ground it's on this a issue terrible we, policy it's, it's a terrible doing. possible but we do it too here we, we deport people all the time including kids we detain oh, but kids keep them the same, all the time keep them together though they should have the facilities to have you know, if there's a toddler, a, no. a two-year-old, you do not take them away from their mom I don't or think their anybody, dad. No, I don't think anybody's denying that, but is this the time Oops, to bring this up in, in, in federal... Trudeau, he's always you, Okay, let me ask you this. Stuff. What good What good can come out of Trudeau dumping on Trump right now it's with an after fight? It's not going to change the policy and, at all, because if Melania is saying this is a bad... Well, uh, I don't exactly uh, think that's a normal relationship, right? Well, Carbine, <laughs> she was still there today when they had the King of Spain at the White House, so it's not normal, but I mean, she could say it. Trudeau should have the gumption to say it. And, uh, you know, I just think that shows that he really has, uh, he has a diminishment of his backbone. Well, I don't know. Well, let's see, because liberals, uh, they lost a by-election last night. It's not really been talked about widely, and it is only a by-election. But the liberal government in the last 10 days poured $65 million into this particular riding. Transparency. What's that? Transparency. Well, you know, hey, but they lost. So, I mean, look, if you're a guy like Andrew Scheer, that's good news, knowing how important Quebec is. Do you really think that this has any significance? I mean, you've been around long enough to no, know by elections are but they really, shouldn't they have lost, but they should not have lost it, is what I'm saying. So well, when you start to see that the good voters there can't be bought on this one, it also shows they disagree with Trudeau and his policies. It also shows that But he showed all the love to the milk help. supply. I mean, that's the whole reason he took the stance against Trump with milk supply and yeah. and, and, and the and the lobbyist groups. So it was a popular local candidate. Someone said instead of sheer um, bringing in the candidate on the national leaders' coattails, it's the opposite way around. Yeah, but I think this ha- candidate was showing sheer around. Oh, absolutely. But I think that was a good decision by the the sheer administration, and I think that it's really important to remember that we, you know this is a very uh, it's going to be a tense situation for the Liberals now. You know, this is a this is a riding where they they won only very closely during the twenty fifteen yeah, election. Yeah, won it before. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I actually think it's a it's a, it's a little bit of a bellwether riding where, you know, if Quebec is going in this direction, this this says a lot about what Quebec might do in, so in the next in, election. Are we in for a big uh, conservative majority? I'm not I saying that by that. any means, but I'm, you know, I am saying that I think that the NDP, if, if anything, it says a lot about what the Bloc and NDP are in for in the next election. Well, the Bloc is split. 
Yeah, you know, we all know and the NDP is, well, the leader doesn't even have seats. So <laughs> let's talk about a, a survey done by Nanos Research. This surprised me a little bit for the, uh, I guess they did this for the Organization of Canadian Journalists for Free Expression and a strong majority of Canadians, seven out of 10 Canadians would like the government to step in and deal with fake news, to which I say, are you utterly mad? You yeah. really want the government stepping in and telling you what is and isn't real news? I mean, can you imagine those surveys that they just throw off? You know, I don't even know why they would bother doing it because it's a ridiculous result on it. I'm sure most Canadians, if they thought about that, they won't, they wouldn't want more government interfering in their private lives and particularly in the news that they get. It's up to the private broadcasters to deal with fake news, all the fake news on social media. And, uh, you know, I mean, private broadcasters are, are uh, bellying up to the bar on that and saying, listen, if you want to know what's going on, don't believe the garbage that you get on social media. You have to go to trusted Sources. Yep. But but the, you said it. Sources. Don't just go with one. No, exactly. I mean, don't yeah, just no, go with one. Course, you can go to, well, not the CBC, but you can go to, <laughs> <laughs> you can go to other sources and, and look at those sources which are tried and tested as opposed to someone heard something in a coffee shop and they're broadcasting all over the place and then thousands of people believe it. But That's I, fake news. I, I, yeah, it is. But at the same time, I think that the way that... Com- People consume media now is so different that I, I don't even know how the government would be able to regulate something like fake news. Are you going to stop the way that people are posting? Well, that's why government can't gonna, step well, in. Like, that it's ridiculous. Well, they and couldn't I don't think do it well. They couldn't do it effectively. And they, they couldn't do it objectively. Do it. I mean, I would yeah. be very distressed if, if the if the Trudeau or the the conservative government dictated here's what's true and here's what's not because oh, they yeah. would clear out anything that's negative to either one so why would i, I mean, ever i would i would say more so they i don't think they could do that period i don't think it's possible to to curb fake news through but we way. already know in the next election that the liberals are talking to facebook saying you got to clean up your act i have a problem even with that i would just ask people you know here's the thing about consuming news get more than one source and yes. do your own diligence absolutely and know your source well know, know your, your source. source that's exactly it that's what it all is all about and so the government shouldn't be in this at all. Do you want some gold-plated pensioner sitting in Ottawa deciding what you can and cannot a hear? Strategists, see? yeah. Here, <laughs> this is a fake story. This one's a good story. Yeah, Could you imagine what our, our coverage would be yeah. like of elections? It would be terrible. A coverage of everything, everything, including twenty-four Sussex. Well, there you go, and that would be that. There you wouldn't go. No, no <laughs> we would not go. So it's a big plea for uh, for newspapers and radio and TV which have good stories and tested stories. Alex, you can't, on your news here, as you well know, uh, put something out there until somebody looks at it a few ways and says, okay, is this true? Yeah. Is it accurate? Well, is it well Global's very, very, I mean, they, they are very strict about triple sourcing. I mean, it's very difficult. But the opinion side, but this is the thing, though, Stephen, there's such a blur now between opinion versus journalism. But it's now, clear when you're talking, you yeah. are opinion. That's absolutely Right, but clear. I was a journalist for 20 years, so there's that blurred again of where are you a reporter and slash where are you doing opinion. So, so where look, are you on this, Alex? On this one? No, no, I, on, on uh, to be, When I'm doing opinion? this show, yes. I'm very clear it's my opinion. But when I do something like a court case or it's strictly as a news person, you know where my hat is. But again, I blur that line. Yeah, but I, I also think it goes into how people are consuming and what actually what regular people think are think is actually news, right? I mean, if people are seeing things on Facebook being shared from blogs, being shared from social channels, I mean, these are all pieces of information that people piece together in their own in their own way and and they're consuming media so differently that I don't actually think that it's able you're able to qualify news in in a succinct well, way. You can. So let's just hope that people get smarter. Yes. And it's, well, it's generally it, people who are who are younger. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, I mean, someone who is uh who is 45 knows that half the stuff on social media. So you've read a couple of books in your time is what you're saying. More reading, more reading, more, <laughs> more reading. lawyers. No, not more lawyers. Less TMZ, more reading. 
All right, guys, I got to break it there. Thank you. Thank so, are you. we going to behave better than your last guest? And we're going to say, we got to break it here. And we're going to say, okay, <laughs> Should no, we no, keep I got talking? one more point. Alex, one more point. Like, one I got to go. Got commercials oh, okay. and stuff. Uh, Stephen LaDrew and Lauren McDonald joining me tonight here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.